Hello, this is Gary Stringer, President and Chief Investment Officer at Stringer Asset Management. Welcome and thank you for joining us for our September 2023 Review and Outlook presentation. Uh, whether you're watching this video or listening to the audio podcast, we thank you for your time. appreciate you joining us today. Uh, in this presentation, we'll provide a brief summary and explanation of our current economic and market outlook. For more details, please contact your financial advisor and thanks again for joining us. So we're recording this today on September 19th, 2023. And the theme for this month is value, value everywhere. Uh, disparate markets magnify opportunities. We're gonna dive into uh, how narrow this uh, equity market has been this year in terms of the return contribution of a handful of stocks and how expensive some of those areas have gotten, um, which means that there's a lot of opportunity elsewhere. So let's dive right into the broad outlook here. Um, again, there's been a lot of talk about how narrow the market's been. What's been less discussed is how expensive some of these areas have gotten and in turn, how attractive other areas of the financial markets have become. We're finding interesting opportunities almost everywhere we look across the equity landscape. And we've seen these kinds of markets before. Um, human behavior leads to occasionally uh, investors chasing returns. And that's exactly what we've seen this year. In fact, it's interesting that um, much of the market return has been as a result of multiple expansion. So investors are paying up for expected earnings, even though uh, the earnings expectations haven't really increased that much. Um, so history teaches us that paying up to invest in these areas that have already had a strong run, especially those that are spe trading at speculative levels, uh, can be harmful to long-term returns. What we're trying to do is uh, consistently generate a return. Um, when you chase after returns in areas that have gotten real expensive, it just creates a lot of volatility. And uh, and so we're, we're, we're pivoting to areas um, across the equity and the fixed income space. We're finding a bounty of opportunities in traditional and non-traditional fixed income, for example. And the recently quickly changing dynamics in the fixed income markets have created a lot of opportunities to generate high quality yield from a broad array of sources. Meanwhile, our recession tracker, which tracks uh, the probabilities of recession currently, so not leading, uh, but current economic situation, continues to reflect healthy trends in uh, jobs creation and real personal income. However, we remain cautious <clears throat> on the U.S. economy, as some of our work suggested we're getting closer to a recession this year. Um, so we talk about valuations. This is a very simple comparison. Uh, looking at the S&P 500 index, which is a capitalization weighted index. So that means the largest companies in the index have a higher weighting and they contribute more towards the index results. Um, and here, that's the blue line. And you can see that it's actually trading at about a 10% premium to his historical average, uh, to its own historical average uh, forward-looking PE. Um, again, this, this stretch valuation is driven by a handful of, of, of outperforming stocks. However, if you just equally weight that index, it just equally weight the same 500 stocks, it goes from trading at a 10% premium to the index trading at a 10% discount to its average. You can see how wide that gap has gotten. So there's a lot of value left in the U.S. equity market um, just outside of those areas that have really run. And we can see that here on this next chart where we're looking at uh, the median uh, price to earnings ratio over the last 10 years uh, versus the current. You can see the S&P 500 index, the green dots, the current. So it's sort of at the upper end of its plus or minus one standard deviation bound. 
again, this one standard deviation represents roughly two thirds of, of the out, historical outcome. Um, and then you look at the large growth area and it's above that, which is to say that the, uh, the Russell 1000 growth index, for example, is extremely expensive right now. Um, has only been more expensive roughly 15% of the time over the last 10 years. So 85% of the time, roughly over the last 10 years, it's been cheaper than it is today. And because we tend to get, uh, the more you pay for an investment, the less you're, you're likely to get from a forward return. Um, not, not a whole lot of gas stuff in the tank there. Uh, but we look at other areas like large value. So the opposite end of that spectrum, it's trading at a discount, a slight discount to its historical average. Mid-cap value using the steeper discount uh, as our and dividends are actually pretty attractive in here as well. So there's a lot of opportunity, um, even across the S&P 500 index, or when we chop it up in other, other ways, like large cap value, mid cap value, there's a lot of opportunity out there to buy things that have been largely ignored. And because of that, we expect to have actually more attractive returns in them going forward. So the investment implications, again, um, we've seen this type of thing before. The timing is always different each time. Well, we've seen narrow markets before where things get expensive. And what tends to happen is you have a rotation from the areas that are, have gotten to be more expensive and stretched to the, to, to the markets favoring areas that, that haven't, that haven't run so much. So there's a lot of opportunity out there and that's what we're emphasizing in our, in our strategies. Um, higher short-term interest rates have made short-term fixed income very attractive, um, but we also wanna allocate to intermediate and longer duration fixed income for, to reduce that reinvestment risk down the road. So for example, while short-term fixed income like money markets might be paying more in interest rates today than longer duration bonds, um, if, when, when interest rates ultimately fall, uh, that will reverse. Um, and so you give up that, that, that yield advantage, and then you got to go try to find yield somewhere else. Well, we're locking in those higher yields today. In addition, as interest rates fall, uh, those longer-term bonds, the intermediate-term bonds and longer-term bonds are likely to appreciate in value. So you get the benefit of a capital appreciation in addition to, to attractive current income. And actively managing the fixed income allocation, in addition to the equity allocations, we think can help investors navigate these periods of interest rate uncertainty and shifting fundamentals by tactically adjusting duration or interest rate sensitivity and finding non-traditional exposures. So moving forward to the, uh, the recession tracker that we discuss on our four dimensions of economic health. Here, this is inspired by the work of the National Bureau of Economic Research. And this is the organization's response for dating US business cycles, basically defining is the economy in a growth phase or a contractionary phase. Um, and they tend to do that with a lag because um, some of the data has lags to it, and they, they look at things a lot more broadly. They will slice and dice things several different ways. Um, we've, we've boiled it down to four primary dynamics. Uh, the change in unemployment rate, the change in personal income, uh, the change in real, so inflation-adjusted retail sales, and the change in industrial production. And what we've seen is that the growth rate of, of jobs creation has slowed significantly, as you can see last year's numbers versus the current. Um, and that has affected the unemployment rate. But what we're getting to is just um, historical trends. They're just a historical average. So we had above average jobs growth coming out of the pandemic, as you would expect, given the massive amount of jobs losses that we had during the pandemic. So it really took this long just to get back to historical norms in terms of monthly jobs creation. So things there are just normalizing. Um, personal income is actually proved year over year as inflationary pressures have declined. Inflation is running just over a third of what it was 12 months ago. And we've had persistent wage pressure. So on, a, on an inflation-adjusted basis, uh, which is what real personal income measures, uh, households have actually done, are doing better today than they were a year ago. 
However, inflation-adjusted retail sales are actually in negative territory or in recessionary territory, as is industrial production. So we can see across the four dynamics or four dimensions that uh, two are, are challenged, industrial production and retail sales, but jobs creation is still healthy and incomes are still healthy. So we can say that we're not in recession, but we're a lot closer to recession today than we were 12 months ago. So that that combined with other, some of our other work has us uh, more cautiously positioned. So that has us favoring areas like uh, equity income, so dividends that we showed was pretty inexpensive, healthcare, uh, mid-cap value. We still like technology. Some of these companies are great companies. They're just, some of them have gotten very expensive. Um, the fixed income side, we pivoted quite a bit to move into uh, some, some core actively managed strategies in here. Um, investing areas like mortgage-backed securities, other asset-backed securities. So outside of the treasury market, for example, because we think we could see some challenges to treasuries. Um, and the alternative allocation continues to be very important to us. For example, uh, master limited partnerships kicking off uh, pretty significant yield. And we think that will be rather consistent going forward. Uh, an update on the cash indicator. Uh, the level of the cash indicator has been extremely low this year. The markets are very complacent in our view. And when markets get to be complacent, and, and we mentioned some of the areas are, are expensive, some of the areas that are run, uh, the market tends to get surprised at some point. Um, so it's not, we don't think we're probably, the market's probably pricing in risk. So this actually is uh, correlates well with our fundamental work that suggests that there could be some economic challenges ahead. What the cash indicator is suggesting uh, at this low level is that the markets aren't pricing in those challenges. So with that, we will close uh, by thanking you again for your time. If you have any further questions or would like some more detail, please contact your financial advisor. They'll be happy to help. Thank you. This audio recording was brought to you by Stringer Asset Management. The views and opinions expressed herein are those of the speaker and are subject to changes market and other conditions warrant and do not constitute investment advice or recommendation regarding any specific product or security. There's no guarantee that any investment strategy discussed will be successful or achieve any particular level of results. Any economic or market performance information is historical and not indicative of future results and no forecasts are guaranteed. Investing involves risks, including the potential loss of principal. Stringer Asset Management makes no representation or warranty as to the accuracy or completeness of the statements or any information contained in this audio recording. Liability, including with respect to direct, indirect, or consequential loss or damage, is expressly disclaimed. Stringer Asset Management is not providing any financial economic, legal, accounting, or tax advice in this audio recording. Thank you.